Okay, Parkrun Adventurers, welcome to episode 190 of the Parkrun Adventurers podcast. And it's Lyndall, and I'm not reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew. I am guest co-hosting once again with the fantastic Melissa Erbacher. Mel, how are you this evening? I'm great, thanks, Lyndall, and lovely to have you back. It's always Nice. Uh, we seem to time your episodes with <laughs> you having to do the intro, so you're getting really good at it. Well done. Well, I managed to introduce myself and yourself this time. And the podcast. And the podcast. Sorry. Tick, tick, tick. <laughs> tick, tick, tick. Gold star for me. <laughs> so Parkrun this week, Mel, tell me a story. Here's the thing, Lyndall. You you introduced us as the Parkrun Adventurers, which is great because for the last 189 episodes, that's what we've been called. However, in light of recent events, I'm beginning to wonder whether or not we should be called the Parkrun Misadventurers. Yeah. The weather and, you know, extenuating circumstances just doesn't seem to be on our side of late. I, I missed Parkrun on Saturday. There was it was very wet. Uh, the events around my locality weren't cancelled. However, I have had two very sick little boys in my house and that kind of inclement weather was not really appropriate for taking the two of them out, especially as we don't have a rain cover for the double pram yet. So we did not make it to Parkrun on the weekend. Kind of difficult to do a podcast uh, where you chat a lot about Parkrun when you haven't been much of late, but we will soldier on. So uh, I'm I'm counting on you to carry this one, Lyndall. Where were you on the weekend? Well, I'm in the misadventure club this weekend myself. So oh no, yeah, <laughs> I um I made a reasonably last minute decision on the Friday night to um, adventure to Zilmere for their birthday Parkrun on the weekend. Um, it doesn't take much to lure me to cake, let's be honest. So <laughs> It's a legitimate reason to choose a particular location for parkrun. Oh, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I made, hatched the plan on Friday night that that's what I was going to do. I was going to run to Zilmere, do Zilmere, eat some cake, talk to the locals, run home, job done. I, you know, I was even determined to go even if it was raining. But with all of the inclement weather and the heavy rainfalls, um, Zilmere Park Run, as many adventurers would know, is, a, I guess, a cross-country course. It's all on um, grass and, and soccer fields and so forth. So the amount of rain that we got here in Brisbane on, on Friday night, I have no doubt that it would have been almost a, a quathlon with a swim and a run leg available <laughs> to us. At Zilmere. So I think they've made the right decision in cancelling. And and look, looking on the bright side, at least I have cake to look forward to again for another week. So This is true. There's always a silver lining, especially when there are so many rain clouds. And look, Zilmere wasn't the only one and you weren't the only one who wasn't at Zilmere on the weekend. Dave was also headed that way and he didn't make it, but he rerouted and ended up going, uh, I believe, to New Farm, which was one of the very few events in Brisbane that wasn't cancelled. I think we had more than 20 events cancelled due to rain or flooding in Queensland last weekend, which um, not much fun. I mean, the rain is very, very welcome in general to lots of drought-stricken communities, so that's a plus. It sure is. But, yeah. So what did 
What did you find yourself doing instead? Well, I look, I, I, I don't really have the luxury of taking the day off because I'm, I'm training for an event at the moment. So I ended up um, subjecting myself to a long treadmill run at my gym locally. So, so yes, I, look, I think that the, I, I did do a pretty long run on the treadmill and it took, took a lot of, um, I don't know, I don't know how I got through it. Lots of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> Well, well done you for still getting out there and or getting in there, I should say, and and moving anyway. Yeah. There's a lot of people who did, as you say. I mean, I'm not sure I'd call it a luxury to have the day off, but <laughs> <laughs> certainly I wasn't training for anything. So I did get out in the afternoon and had a lovely run, which was great. That's fantastic. Yeah, but ironically the rain started about three minutes after I got back home. So it would have been so welcome out on the run because it was very, very muggy by that time in the evening. You know, we'll always find something to complain about anyway. <laughs> yeah, and look, I think a lot of the park runs in Brisbane are, you know, along some of the um, waterways here in Brisbane, you know, they're, they're, and the reason why they're bike paths and not roads and not residential areas is because they flood. So in a lot of ways, we're really lucky to have that uh, space available to us nine times out of ten because it's lovely green space that, that the citizens of Brisbane have available to them when it's not flooding. So we have to take the good with the bad and when it floods every now and then, we just deal with it. And fortunately, the floodwaters tend to go down pretty quickly too. So hopefully that means most of the events are going to be back on as usual this coming weekend. Fingers crossed anyway. I know, um, you know, it's I guess the time of year, but in the UK everybody's cancelling due to uh, dangerous icy courses and things like that, which is not something we really ever have to do in Australia, even in the winter I think. I'm not sure anyone's ever cancelled because of ice on the course. I wouldn't imagine so. I might have to send out some feelers to find out whether or not I mean if any of our adventurers out there who are listening know that their event has been cancelled because of icy conditions I'd be interested to hear about it it makes you think though what are some of the reasons why events cancel there must be some you know wild and wacky reasons <laughs> well since you mention it Lyndall um what well, the the cancellations are visible to the public every week so people can go and look at the list of cancellations I know lots of groups share them around and things like that as well so that people um, you know can stay informed about especially if they're traveling to an event they don't usually travel to and things like that Um, a friend of mine took a screenshot of some of the UK ones and she lives here in Australia but I think um, because she's originally from over there she might have been keeping tabs on on things that friends were doing or whatnot and uh, there was an interesting one and I will quote course infested by ice skating zombie penguins sorry is that did I did I hear that right now (laughs) well say it back to me and I'll tell you the course was infested by ice skating zombie penguins yes you heard correctly Linda uh, I think um, generally speaking, the cancellations are always done for reasons of safety, unless there's like a, a conflict with um, 
other events happening in the area yeah, at the time. You for know, sure. They, they require uses of the parks and things like that, which is fine. Uh, this one, I don't know. I well, mean, zombies are dangerous. I don't know about penguins. <laughs> well, ice skating ones, especially if you're not very good at ice skating, then obviously that's that's not going to bode well for you. Um, I I'm going to read between the lines and say that hopefully this particular event runs around or near a pond or a lake that freezes over in the winter and might get used by ice skaters or, or turned into a like temporary ice skating rink because I do know oh. that there are these penguin things. I don't know what you would call them. They're they're like an they're like a a vertical aid in that they help you stay upright when you're learning to skate and they they're shaped in the shape of penguins and they've got little handlebars that you hold on to and you push <laughs> them around ice skating rinks when you're learning to skate. Um, traditionally used by children, yeah. but I guess adults could use them too. So perhaps that might be, and, and that is a, a bit of a wild reading between the lines. Who knows? There could really be ice skating zombie penguins out there, in which case kudos to the event team for cancelling because that is a safety hazard. Yeah. Yeah, get, get out of there. I don't know. I'm not hanging around if there's actually ice skating zombie penguins. No. I mean, we have Phillip Island Park Run and Phillip Island is known for their penguins, but they're only the little fairy penguins. So even if even if those ones were ice skating zombies, I wouldn't be too concerned. It'd be the real <laughs> penguins I'd be worried about. I don't yeah. think we're going to well, have to worry about that in Australia anytime soon anyway. No. Well, the you know... The ones that you'd hold on to when you're scared, they're not blinking. That's why they're zombies, right, because they look like they're, you know, haunted or something because they're not blinking. The Phillip Island penguins, you know, they're cute, right? I think so. I haven't, I I haven't actually been. It's on my list. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, um, fortunately you and I didn't get to parkrun, but there were a whole bunch of people who did on the weekend, tens and tens and tens of thousands of them. And among those were a bunch of our roving reporters, not all of whom actually did get to park runs, but we've got a few of them who uh, sent in some reports and stuff like that for us to listen to. So we don't usually introduce them, but because you and I didn't get to park run, I think we need to reassure the masses that, yes, don't worry, this whole pod isn't going to be completely void of park run. Definitely not. Good morning, Maddie Trent here, um, reporting in for the Parkrun Adventurers from Monday Regional Parkrun. Now, I'm sweating profusely, and I'm here with Jeff Hansen, who's the ED of this event. Now, the first question I have for you, Jeff, is what the hell was all that about? Well, that was, uh, if you believe it or not, that was the easiest course we could find, given the uh, terrain we had to work with. So we made it as easy and safe as possible. So I don't know what people complain about when they tell me it's hard. We could have made it a lot tougher. Uh, well, I nearly had a... I think my watch said uh, 1.39 k's when I was choking back my first puke. 
Um, so is that pretty normal for, for people on here? Uh, yeah, 1.39, so you're probably at uh, the top of the second climb uh, on, the, uh, on the loop section, just coming back to the, uh, back to the second marshal. So, yeah, uh, we haven't had reports of any actual vomiting as yet. Um, just the one broken ankle. Um, no ambulances have been called. So it's, too bad. it's definitely a course to take it easy on. But how about this view? I reckon from up here, uh, how many other park runs do you reckon we can see? You could probably see almost every park run in, uh, to the north of us in Perth from here. Mm. Anyway, right now you're working on the volunteer roster, so I'll let you get out and about and uh, get a few people to put their names down. And I'll see you again in a minute. Hello Parkrun Adventurers, it's Sarah here. We are in Cobram. We are currently staying uh, just down the road in Echukamoema and thought we'd uh, drive up and have a go at Cobram this morning. Also helps me tick off another C on my Pirate Club quest. Uh, we're just here about to um, listen to the event briefing. I have had a little, little bit of a look at the course description. Uh, we start at Thompson's Beach and we go, there's like an, it's basically an out and back with a little loop around an island, um, gravel, uh, bitumen and grass uh, are also featured in, in the course. But we'll check back into you after we've had a run and we'll see how we go. Okay, so we're here at the finishing line and I've caught up with Sue. Sue completed her 100 park run today at Cobram. So congratulations, Sue. Thank so what do you love about park run? I love the community, the um, people here. I've met so many great friends and I love the exercise. Fantastic. Yeah. Even though I don't run, I walk, but yeah, I still love it. I'm not home in bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a bit of exercise. It's great, yeah. isn't it? And that's yes, the thing, yeah. park run's such a community, isn't it? It is. And, and you, made a great, yeah. you made a very good point. Well, Walking is great. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I started off with you know because I'm quite shy and coming to park run I've met so many different people and I've got my I've got a, actually I ended up getting a few people to join so you know oh, look at you you're <laughs> happy you're, with it you're a, par, you're a park run like, recruiter well yeah. <laughs> you could say that no no oh. no it's good though uh, yeah. and I hear yeah. you've done a little bit of touristing what was your favorite touristing spot would have been New Yang's. Oh, in, beautiful. Yes, that's lovely. Then I would be Benalla, yep. besides here. And I've done Mansfield, I've done Yoroa, I've done Willow Park, Toolan Creek. Yes. That's the worst one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did Toolan Creek on the New Year's Double. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah. It was quite warm. It was actually, yeah. it wasn't a bad course. It was very dry, yeah. though. And Shepparton. Yes. And Shepparton? Yeah, yeah. Shepparton's well, beautiful. We, I did the double here, too. We oh. did Shepparton first and then here. Yeah. Oh, that's a good double. Yeah. yeah. Last year we did here first and then Shepparton. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. fantastic. So did your, was the Toolan Creek one with Sunbury? Uh, I did Toolan Creek and Wyndham Vale. Oh, Wyndham Vale. Because oh. I've done Sunbury before, but I thought oh, I'd go okay. and do Wyndham Vale. Do something that you haven't done before. Yes, yeah, so I've got to yeah. do something you haven't done yes, before. Yes, that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Well, you'll have to come and visit us at, yeah. well, I'm at Highlands, so you'll have to come visit yeah. us at Highlands. Well, I want to, my, Mary and I, she's my cousin, yeah. we're going up to Queensland next couple of weeks, so we're going to do Golden Beach in Fancy. Cloundra. Oh, yeah. beautiful. So we haven't done the G. Yes, yes. We're gonna do, <laughs> you're doing your alphabet. Trying to. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're up at, because um, I stayed at Calandra last year and I, yeah. could, I was literally 400 metres from Golden Beach, oh. but I took my son to um, Nam- Namble. Oh, Namble one. So if you okay. get a chance, Namble's yeah. beautiful. It's oh, very it? hilly. I've heard that. But, that's, yes. but you get to see the emu. Oh, the emu comes out on lovely. course and visits you. It's beautiful. That'd be lovely. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, fantastic. So Namble's not that far away from Calandra because my daughter lives in Calandra. Oh, yes. beautiful. So, Double whammy. Yeah. Yes. I'm going up to my great granddaughter's first birthday. Oh. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Golden Beach Park Run, look out for Sue. Sue. Yep. She'll be on her way. Um, <laughs> In a couple of weeks. <laughs> thank you so much for Thanking talking no to problem, us and congratulations Sarah. on thank your you 100. Thank you so much. Excellent. Thanks. Thank you. 
Hello, it's Sarah again at Cobram, and I'm here with our run director today, Trish. How are you today, Trish? I'm good, thank you, Sarah. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. I loved your course. I didn't see a koala, but I was. it's a beautiful uh, a course. Could you tell us a little bit about it? So our course is just a bush track, pretty much, um, and it's it's just really scenic. We're really lucky. We do get koalas most mornings, but I don't know, they've probably gone up. It's not too bad this morning with a bit of a breeze, so we probably haven't seen any today. But look, we, um, we have a lot of fun. It's not necessarily the fastest track, but it's a nice track. But we do, yeah, look, we're lucky we get to go out around the, uh, the banks of the Murray and see it. So it's just lovely. Yeah, we'll, it's we'll beautiful. Get, yeah, it is. It's, we're very lucky. Yeah. We, um, we think our track's one of the better ones. So, <laughs> as we all do. As we, as, of course, every run director thinks the same thing. So it's Absolutely. great. And it's so cute that you get to go across at Quinn's Island. Yeah, Quinn Island. All, it's so we do a beautiful loop around yeah. there. And you get to see a little bit more of the Murray and, yeah. yeah, the little inlet that goes alongside it, which is just lovely too. Oh, so, fantastic. And look, sometimes you do get get to see well even every now and then we do get a few kangaroos that hop past oh, but nice. yeah but today i don't know that anyone's seen one i haven't heard anyone comments so. no i haven't heard anything but that's okay we, but it, it koalas a, can be hard to spot sometimes if they're up high especially so. it's hard when you're trying to focus and on when you're your running. footing yeah and that's it if you're focusing on footing you will never see a koala <laughs> i, I can go weeks and not see one and then one week i specifically walk and just look for them and one week i saw 14 oh, so wow yeah so they oh, are there amazing <laughs> so you got to come to cobram and check out the koalas there's lots of koalas you can you can spot and then when you finish if you've run and you're really hot you can go for a dip in the river oh uh, yeah i know it's beautiful here at thompson's beach you've got such a the, the sand area is quite beautiful isn't it it is we're very lucky it's actually known as the biggest inland beach in australia so oh, there you go. go there's a That's, tip yeah according to the volleyball people that came last year oh, so yeah another reason to come to Cobram yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah get to see the men's and ladies volleyball championships and i think they are back again this year so Fantastic. check it out on the internet so, yeah. so how long have you been um rd this is my third Oh wow! Great. And you're doing a stellar job. Well done. Congratulations. And I my third one today. So, uh, and you've been park running for a while. Yeah, I've been park running for over two years now. Fantastic. So, yeah, uh, just at Cobram. Ah uh, no, I've been to a few touristy ones as well. Yeah, I've been to a few different places locally and yeah, closer to Melbourne. Fantastic. What was your fave? Um, probably really enjoyed Yaroa. Was a good one. Oh, beautiful. Um, and Portland was quite an interesting one too. Yeah. So yeah. But some of them are just straight in and out tracks. So, yeah. yeah. And actually, the Benalla Botanical Gardens is a beautiful track. That's Aww. also quite, um, yeah, spectacular. Yeah. It's on my list. I haven't got there yet, but I will. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, look, I think going to some of the other tracks is really good. It's Aww. really interesting. And I've been to a couple of those were launches. So, oh, brilliant. Yeah, so Benalla was the launch, and yeah, it's, which was fabulous. Launches are lots of fun, aren't they? They are lots of fun. And, of course, you can't forget the purple tutu when no. you go to yes, a launch. Yes, I know, so. which I forget every time, but that's yeah. okay. <laughs> Exactly. So Every, that's um, good. Well, thank you so much for talking us to, to us today. No, thanks, and we Sarah. will catch you at, over across the uh, across the river for a coffee. Sounds like a plan. Fantastic. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Sarah. Howdy, park runners. Talk reporting in for the Channel Five News crew today. Jack and I have ventured down to the Wallaby Track Park Run in Ballarat, about an hour out of Melbourne. Wallaby's been profiled before, so we'll leave it at that. But um, I just had a great idea for a new parkrun club. We could have a macropod club. We could go to Wallaby and to Kangaroo Island and really support the Kangaroo Island group. How does that sound, everyone? Talk out. Good morning, parkrun adventurers. It's Melissa here, and I am not coming to you from parkrun. It's Saturday morning. I was not granted leave to leave base. Um, so... I've gone out and done my own uh, 5k at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. So I think it's important at the moment that I keep that uh, 
what would you call it, routine. Uh, because being away from family and parkrun at the moment can play with your mental health a bit. I've just done my run listening to the Parkrun Adventures podcast, the latest episode, and Mel's experience on Kangaroo Island, which I was aware of because, um, as Mel said, we parkrun together on Newsday. And it was really lovely to share that experience with you, Mel. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the weekend, but we had fears for Mel, knowing the potential danger that was there. Anyway, so I've done my run today and I'm grateful for that. Um, the call out of the reserve in Australia is unprecedented. It hasn't happened since World War II. So there's a lot of people probably in this location with me that may be park runners and they're also going through, you know, feeling displaced uh, like I am at the moment. However grateful I am to be helping out. Uh, we had very short notice to mobilise and go away from our family and friends. I'm supposed to be at, at Kerrang this weekend with, with my family, with Paul and Zoe and, and our adventure friends. So I hope they have a fabulous adventure. And just anybody who is also Miss Kerrang and fancies uh, a buddy for a road trip in the coming weeks, let me know. Uh, I also discovered by being here that the local town Seymour does not have a parkrun and the closest parkrun is 40 minutes away so I'd also like to say if there's anybody out there that lives in the general vicinity of Seymour and would like a bit of assistance in perhaps uh, starting up a parkrun in the local area I know the Goulburn River or I believe the Goulburn River runs through Seymour let me know and I'll be there to support you and help you and see if we can't get something like that up and running for not just for the local community but for the military members that come and go in the local area so anyway that's all from me I hope you all had a fabulous weekend at Parkrun see ya G'day Parkrun adventurers it's the G train here again and uh, this week I've been at Victoria Parkrun in Kitchener Ontario which is a gorgeous little course around a lovely lake and island. Uh, there's a light dusting of snow on the trees and on the ground. Canada geese and northern mallards in the water, this edge. And uh, we're having a post-run coffee now in uh, Williams Cafe in Kitchener. And I'm here with Aidan and Jonathan. Aidan took part in the event today and Jonathan was one of the volunteers. Uh, so I might um, ask Jonathan to tell me a bit about how he got involved in parkrun. So I got started a couple of years ago. Uh, I was uh, a runner on a university team and uh, just wanted there to be more running events that were, uh, I don't know, I like, I like racing and just being able to run something for free is pretty good. Um, and just helping people get more active and involved in, uh, in running is, I guess, a life objective of mine. So. Uh, I got in touch with uh, Julia and we decided to start this park run in Victoria Park. That's great, Jonathan. And um, Aidan is also a visitor to this event today. His uh, usual park run is a little bit further north from here, but I'll get him to tell you a bit about uh, where he's come from. So, um, yeah, I'm a visitor to at, uh, Kitchener today, but I'm, I, I ran a year here in Kitchener. I, I live about uh, 20 minutes away in Guelph. And uh, this past uh, summer, an event started in Guelph. I was involved in, in starting that up. So 
it's um, it's Guelph every morning for me because it's only five minutes drive for me there. Um, so I, I started parkrun. I'm originally from Ireland and, you know, in touch with a lot of former friends and, and colleagues and that in on Facebook in Ireland. And I heard about parkrun from them. And um, I ran my first parkrun a few years ago in, in Ireland near where, uh, where I grew up. But I, I, then I waited another two years before I was able to run another one be, until the, the event started here in Kitchener. Jonathan, um, as I was saying, like the course is uh, just absolutely gorgeous and quite picturesque. How did you manage to um, get into, uh, like, get permission to be able to run the course uh, around the park that you're using? Uh, we just got really lucky. Just that it's beautiful, like how, like first, like how nice the course is, and like uh, it's well maintained in the winter, which is sometimes a problem in Canada. Uh, it was salted today, so not even too icy. Uh, we got in touch with the city, and uh, I guess they just they they allowed us to use it. They didn't really care, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, I don't know if they really appreciate the benefits of Park Run, but uh, you know they're not kicking us off, so that's good. Um, yeah, it's beautiful course. It's very well contained. Uh, we don't need very many marshals to, to execute the the day, uh, and uh, it's so central. You can take transit there pretty easily. I bike to it most weeks, and uh, yeah, really beautiful course. And the interesting thing about this course, it's uh, one that I haven't experienced, is that it's almost a four-lapper. Um, so I guess that gives you a good opportunity to sort of take things a bit easy for the first few and uh, you know, get your pacing just right. Um, Scotty would love it because it goes over a bridge a number of times and then finishes just over another bridge, so uh, that's quite exciting. And uh, the water in the lake was uh, frozen over today for most of the part, so that looks quite nice and uh, the few spots there for the birds to be able to get in. Um, we did get a warning about uh, wildlife, and I might get Aidan to talk about the warning that we had today and why that's in place. So Canada is, is famous for its Canada geese, and these are quite big, and, you know, they're about the size of a medium-sized dog, and so they're, they seem to own the territory, so you, you're running along the path and you encounter them. You might, you might run into, like, 20 of them. Um, you can you can go around them, but you can't run directly at them. So you got to be careful because then they'll get a little aggressive, and if they start hissing, that means you got to stop and and tread carefully. So today they they were around, but they were e- easy enough to avoid. Yeah, for reference, I guess they're about the size of a black swan, which we'd see in Australia, but a bit uh, heavier set. So if one of them had a go at you, I think you'd be. Um uh, heading for a PB, I think, if you uh, had one, one of them chasing you. <laughs> so, uh, look, I think we'll just keep it short this week and um, hopefully next week I'll be able to get to Guelph, although Guelph has had a couple of issues recently. Um, perhaps, Aidan, you might like to mention those. So our trails in Guelph are on, you know, stone dust, crushed, sort of crushed gravel. Um, so what happens is the, the snow that falls gets sort of pounded in and then when it melts, it's just sort of icy with water on top of it. So the, the streets and the, the paths in, in Guelph are all snow-free at the moment, but unfortunately our trails are, are not in good shape at all. So we cancelled today, Saturday. We cancelled last week on Saturday, but midweek on New Year's Day we had fresh snow and it was nice and firm and we, we had an excellent park run and a record turnout. So 
it's uh, we're just hoping for some snow actually <laughs> yes and as i said uh, like the course was clear today uh, there was a light dusting of snow on the trees and on the grass so they looked really quite picturesque and also uh, where we're sitting coughing there's ice skating going on outside and um, so very much a, a winter scene here but uh, as I said, that's all for this week and uh, hopefully we'll uh, be able to come to you from Guelph at uh, Aramosa River, River Trail. Trail Park Run next weekend. So thanks very much. Uh, this is G-Chain signing off from Victoria Park Run in Kitchener and uh, definitely if anybody is over this way, you should come and check it out. See ya. G'day Park Run Adventurers. It's the G-Chain here once again uh, for my last weekend in Canada on this trip and I've... Uh, just done Eremosa River Trail Park Run in Guelph, Ontario, which is probably about an hour or so outside of uh, Toronto. And it's been an interesting day, and I'm here with Teresa, Chris, and my old mate from last week, Aidan, and we'll just ask them uh, what was special about today. Well, we had quite the amount of rain, and that reflected in the number of runners we had. We still had 21 people come out, and we actually had to modify the course a bit to make it safe for everybody, so it was quite the adventure. And as well as it being a bit damp, I mean, what are the issues with safety on a day like today, Chris? Well, um, when there's a lot of rain, there's always the problem of there being ice underlying, especially when it has been winter and quite cold the past little while. So we're going to have runners that are slower, uh, potentially quite chilly on the course, a potential of slipping as well. So lots of things to consider while they're out for the park run. Yeah, and I can attest to that. So there were some spots where, you know, there's puddles, which, you know, you get, and the rain pelting down, which you get in Australia as well. But below some of those puddles, you could feel the ice that was there hidden away. Um, so it was a bit of a slow one today, I think, for everybody that was out there. Um, but, you know... It, it was probably about 10 or 11 degrees, so not too cold. And, um, you know, um, in that respect, the conditions weren't any worse than what we would see back in Australia. But uh, it was that hidden ice that was just lurking below the surface, which we really had to be careful of. Um, Aidan, we did uh, Victoria in Kitchener last week and uh, Guelph today. What would you say are the things that distinguish the two park runs? Kitchener has got... Um it's got a tarmac sort of trail which is maintained by the city so most of the winter it's in good condition um, here we have a stone dust trail in Guelph and I don't know how well it's maintained by the, the city because this is our first winter um, so though, that may be like the, the big thing and you know um, as we've had a couple of cancellations the last couple of weeks because the, the snow has been pounded to ice and then melted and and the course has become waterlogged and very slippery and that's something that probably doesn't happen too often in Kitchener. Teresa, Park Run in Guelph has only been here for less than a year now. Um, what can you tell me about the, the growth of Park Run in Guelph and the numbers that you've been getting? We launched our first park run in Guelph on June 22nd, and Guelph is a huge running community. So I believe we had 60 or so for our inaugural run, which was fantastic. And our average has been around 65 or so. So we've done some special events. We've had a potluck. We had a um, Halloween costume run. We had a New Year's Day run. And we've had numbers up to um, over 100. So it's been phenomenal to see that growth. We're bringing in regular runners. 
we're bringing in first timers. We're reaching community people that said they've never really run or walked. We've got families, multi-generational. We've got people that bring their kids in a stroller, including today. And he's known as Stroller Guy. His real name is Dennis, but he's known as Stroller Guy. Um, and so it's just been getting people from all walks of life, and it's been awesome to see. And I believe you had um, set an attendance record of about 130 on New Year's Day, is that correct? Yes, yes, it was great. Um, now, you use a term there that uh, is probably unfamiliar to a lot of Australians of uh, potluck, so perhaps you could explain that. Um, sorry about that. So um, it's, again, trying to reach out to that community. So we had people bringing different types of food. So we had provided some beverages with the coffee and juice and water, and um, people brought desserts and they brought treats and snacks and what have you because we really just wanted it to be, again, as all-inclusive in the community as we could. Um, I think we did that in early September. Um, because we were getting the bugs out from the run from June and July. So once we knew what we were doing, we said, let's hit this with a splash. And people like food. So food and running was a great combination. And Guelph is probably a town that's unfamiliar to most Australians. Um, I know it because my lovely wife went to university here. But Chris, can you tell me what would um, you recommend for the things that, uh, I guess, the things that will bring people to Guelph? What, what's attractive here? Uh, the Guelph Park Run is going to be uh, top of my list. Uh, Guelph is really known for its university community and its uh, very unique restaurants downtown. But honestly, the running community here is beyond anything I've ever seen. I know that the Canadian Running Magazine a couple of years ago uh, nominated Guelph as being the running capital of Canada. Um, so based on that, it's the running community that keeps me coming back day, day after day. Aiden, so where do you think Parkrun will be heading in Canada? Oh, Parkrun is, is growing all the time in Canada. We, we've, we've had quite a few new events in the last year. Um, the numbers in Canada are not large, but um, it, will, it will grow, continue to grow. And, you know, it's starting sort of slowly, but it's really picking up, picking up speed. And uh, that's it from me now, I guess, for this trip to Canada. Um, not as much snow as when I was here two years ago. Uh, rain on the first weekend that I was here, rain on the last weekend. No snow during the events and no snow on courses, unfortunately. But it's certainly been fantastic to get back here and meet lots of uh, wonderful park runners. Um, it was certainly interesting the first few weeks here that uh, most of my interviewees were either from South Africa or from England. Uh, we've got one now from America, uh, but it's been an island. But also it's been great to get... Um, uh, be chatting with some Canadians too to find out uh, how they're enjoying the growth of this fantastic event. So uh, that's all from me now and uh, we look forward to uh, getting back to Australia soon. See ya. Thank you. Another awesome lineup of roving reports. Maddie Trent kicking off today. He's uh, making a bit of a play for the Channel 5 news crew, I think, but he's got a bit of work to do. Never signs off, Maddie. You know, you should. <laughs> Finish finish what you start, Maddie. is all I'm saying. Although I have to admit, Lyndall, I don't know about you, but when he, when he was chatting to Jeff about the difficulty of the course and Jeff said, oh, you know, this is the easiest one they could find with the, the terrain they had to work with, uh, I was wondering what some of the other iterations might have been and how many more metres of elevation they could have involved. But, oh, I laughed out loud when Maddie said at 1.39K that he was choking back his first puke. <laughs> I mean, look, he's a natural for the Channel 5 News crew creating theatre of the mind like that. I mean, we're right there with you, Maddie. 
Yes, painting a word picture, big time. <laughs> thanks, thanks for that, Maddie. <laughs> um, and then we had Sarah who was out at Cobram, which doesn't it sound gorgeous, like so picturesque along and around the Murray. Oh, 100%. And then we heard from Toc on the Wallaby track and he had an idea for a new club. So how about we just put a pin in that? We might get back to that one a bit later. Uh, and, of course, Melissa Ellis, um, my, my, my heart went out to her when I heard this one when she was at Puckapunyal and talking about missing her park run last weekend like we did but for completely different reasons, obviously. And, yeah, I'm glad she got to have a bit of a run-in for her mental health and I hope she gets back to park run again soon. But thank you, Melissa, for all your contributions and what you're doing to help in the relief effort. It doesn't go unnoticed and we think you're awesome. That we do. And look, what a woman. She's there missing Park Run, missing her family, working really hard for the benefit of the country and the community. And she's still thinking about what more she can do for the community and offering help to somebody who wants to start a Park Run. Hats off to you, Mel Ellis. Absolutely. I th- and I think it's a great idea. Puckapunya would be a great place. Or Seymour, you know, that whole general area. I-, I, hope it- I hope it happens. Yeah. Meanwhile, on the other side of the planet, uh, rounding out his series of Canadian park runs, we had the G train checking in from, we've got, well, the two weeks in a row because G train was so prolific over the uh, New Year's period with uh, profiling and, and chatting to so many different park runs while he was away that we couldn't fit them all in last week. So we saved one. We saved Victoria Park in Kitchener uh, to be played back to back with Eremosa River Trail Park Run. And far out, he's done such a great job. He's super professional now. I may have mentioned to him in an email that. Perhaps he's also looking for an invitation to the Channel 5 News crew, to which he replied that he wasn't. No. And no. What's um, not to love about the Channel 5 News crew? Who doesn't want to be a member? (laughs) Well, it's not that he doesn't want to be a member of the crew so much as he's looking for a specific title. And you know what? I think I might pay this. G-Train wants to be our special correspondent. I reckon that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Have you yep. seen the uh, the 2016 British British Canadian American comedy written and directed and starring Ricky Gervais called Special Correspondence? I have not. Oh, it's put it on your to do list. It's on Netflix, or it was on Netflix, and it should be again. Um, it, it's not only does it star Ricky Gervais, but it also stars Eric Banner. And I'll, I'll give you the basic premise. <laughs> These guys, uh, they work in the news. They work on the radio, actually. They're not, um, they're not video yep. um, presenters or anything like that. Perfect. And they're going to cover their war correspondence. They're going to go cover some stuff that's happening in Ecuador. And on the way to the airport or when they're at the airport, they realise that Ricky Gervais's character has thrown out their tickets and passports into a garbage truck. So they can't go... But instead of, you know, owning up to the fact that 
okay, they, they didn't make their flight and they have to replace their passports and all that sort of stuff. They go back into town and they hide out in a local cafe and they fake their correspondence. Oh. So they, they make fake stories <laughs> saying that they're in Ecuador and, <laughs> and then covering the war, you know, and all that sort of stuff. But then they realise, oh, you know, maybe we're not um, – we need we need a, a story with more substance. So they create a story about um, some bad person or something like that, and and it it all just basically gets out of hand. Um, yes, great movie, really really funny, enjoyable movie. So I highly recommend yeah. it. But it does make me wonder whether or not G Train would consider himself to be the Ricky Gervais character or the Eric Banner in this scenario yes the other thing that's uh running around in my mind is if these guys on this show this movie just made stuff up are the canadian attack geese really real well (laughs) i see this this is the thing Uh, are these guys waxing lyrical is g train even in canada that's what i want to know canada I haven't actually been looking up the results just to double check that he is where he says he is. Mm. He might have even sent his barcode over and somebody could be scanning him in and doing him a favour. Uh, let's face it, those first few events, the people he was speaking to all had Aussie accents. That's right. They didn't even sound Canadian. No. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't be naming him a special correspondent and we should just be completely reviewing all his work. Get the detective Mel onto the case and uh, let, let's see what we can find out. <laughs> I hope I'm just not too trusting, but I am questioning everything now. <laughs> Look, either way, whether it's real or not, G-Chain knows how to tell a story. He does. It's made for great listening. Doesn't he? I mean, his roving reports were fantastic. It's made excellent listening. I've really enjoyed all of the, the stories and, and people that he's been interviewing so you know hats off to you g train if it's real it's fantastic if it's not real it's even better <laughs> fact or fiction <laughs> not fussy you know just just send it whatever you like we'll take it don't let the truth get in the way of a good story <laughs> no fact checking on this program <laughs> who's got time for that <laughs> exactly <laughs> Yeah, well, good good job to everybody again this week. It, it's been a lot of fun. Now, you put a pin in um, Tox's suggestion for a macropod club, Lyndall. Can you explain, like, what's something's going on in your brain? What's going on in there? Yeah, look, there's a look. Hey, there's a lot going on in my brain. <laughs> no doubt. But particularly <laughs> in relation to Tox's idea. <laughs> Specifically in relation to Tox's idea for a new club. And look, in the normal segment that we do on the Park Run Adventure is about running challenges and clubs and unofficial clubs. I've got an idea. I'm wondering if you can help me flesh it out, Mel. Ooh, intriguing. Okay. Yes. So thinking about Tox's idea for a new club and Maddie Trent being at Monday Regional that is vomit inspiring. <laughs> I'm wondering. Okay. Um, I'm worried now. <laughs> no, no. Stay with me. I'm wondering if, if there's a there's a place on the unofficial parkrun club roster for a vert club. So for all those parkrunners who like to go chasing vert, could we measure the elevation gain that we have in parkruns? 
to see if we can climb Mount Everest at Parkrun. Mm. I I seem to recall there has been conversations, and, and you've probably been a part of them, no doubt, <laughs> in tourism groups in the past couple yeah. of years about elevation. I know in Australia, so when we're talking about running challenges. Yes. Obviously those are particular clubs that can be measured or um, yeah. people's participation or entrance into those clubs can be found through their results. And we've got a whole bunch of other clubs in Australia that yeah. are not quantifiable like that, that people just have to track themselves, which is great. They're unofficial. We're an unofficial podcast. Sounds perfect. We love unofficial. It works <laughs> for us. So, yeah, elevation gain isn't something that Parkrun measures as part of your results. So this would be entirely unofficial. Yeah. And not to be... Not to be confused, I'm assuming, with um, the, people do track how high or low things are above sea level, like the actual elevation of a parkrun's location. No, no, no. It's not about that. It's about when you do the five kilometres course. How much gain? How, how many hills do you climb? How many hills do you climb? So it's not about, you know, something like the beaches, which is actually run on a beach, is at a zero elevation and okay. something at, um, I don't even know, say somewhere that's not at sea level <laughs> obviously has some kind of elevation above sea level that's not what this is about so the ones that come to mind i guess like namble park run like namble and now mundy regional of course yeah your home park run bunyaville bunyaville so these got some hills yeah so these are all park runs that have quite a bit of elevation gain within the park run all right so the other clubs that I think have been bandied around that, again, this is different too, is there's the Mountaineers Club, which is about clubs that have Mount in the title, like Mount Gambia. Mount Barker, yep. Mount Barker, Mount Tambourine or Tambourine Mountain. So if you want to be a mountaineer, I think you have to do all the parkrun events that have a mount in their title. Yes, and some of them might be actually be flat. You never know. Yeah, and there's also the Hillbillies, which is the same, and those ones have hill in the title. Yeah, and I don't even know of one of those. There must be them, some though. The Vert Club is all about how much elevation you get when you run a park run. So Mundy Regional, um, I was, you know, I had my um, attention peaked at how hard it was because, you know, I like a good hard park run. It's got, I think, about 210 metres of elevation gain. So it's I think it's probably the mother of uh, Everest park runs in Australia. Okay. Some of the ones that we talk about a lot is Nambour. So Nambour has 190 metres or thereabouts of elevation gain. And um, runs like Bunyaville and Ocean View have got about 150. So my proposal is in the Vert Club, mm -hmm. there could be different stages of chasing Vert. So you could start, for example, with an um, elevation gain equivalent to Mount Kosciuszko, which is 2,228 metres you have to climb within park runs. Okay, so so you're not proposing, for example, somebody has to do the, the five park runs that uh, have the most elevation because that could be quite difficult. People would have to go to WA and then a couple in Queensland and then the goalposts could be shifting all the time, not unlike the Compass Club, which yes, I should like that one. Yeah, I should have thought more about locking that down so it's not a shifting thing. So you're not talking about like just choosing five. You're talking about actually attaining a certain height. Yes. So it 
well, every park run you do helps you accrue elevation towards your vert club. Oh, I like it. Right? But if you do something like New Farm, for example, I'm just thinking of some flat runs around Brisbane that I've done, yeah. you might only get a few metres of elevation gain. So it's going to take you a long time to get into the Kosciuszko level well, of the vert club. Well, if you only run at New Farm or Sandgate or Wynnum, it would take you a really long time. So, uh, you know, according to my Garmin anyway, Wynnum has two metres of elevation. So that's a lot of park runs. <laughs> so that's what, that's 1,114 Wynnum park runs will get you. Wynnum park runs will get you to be. <laughs> to the Kosciuszko level. Kosciuszko. <laughs> and there's going to be more levels to this club. By the sounds yes, of it. Yes, there is because we're talking about Everest. So yes. you've got your Kosciuszko. Mm. Um, I figure if you're going to climb Everest, you might as well put in a milestone for base camp. Yes, a lot of people and work up to doing the whole thing by going just like they just do the treks to base camp. That's good. How how high is yep. the base camp? Base camp is 5,380 metres. Okay. Yeah. And then you've got. The pinnacle, pun intended, of the Vert Club to attain your Everest. How tall is Everest? Which is 8,848 metres elevation. Ouch. All right. Now I've done some maths. Of course I've done some maths. (laughs) Show us, tell us the maths, Lyndall. (laughs) Yeah. So if you run Bunyaville at an elevation of around 150 metres per park run, if you've run that 59 times, you've climbed Mount Everest. Ah, oh, well, that's, well, I say that's doable. <laughs> that's still more than a year's solid running. That's doable. One event with a lot of elevation. It's still more than a year's solid running. That's it. Nambour, you can go slightly less than a year. You need 47 or so of Nambour Park Run. Okay. To get your Mount Everest. And um, if you like vomiting like Maddie and want to go to Monday Regional, you have to do that just over 42 times. Okay, so but these are for the people who are trying to climb Everest in the shortest amount of time. Exactly. Or, you know, within reason and, and within their localities. But every event that we've done, you know, I've been park running since 2012, so if I go back and look at the elevation of all the courses, and this might take – me several hours, which is good. I like a project, um, but I'm going. I'm I'm going to work on this project, and I'm going to try and find out the ele- Well, we've no, we don't have the actual elevation of all the courses, do we? I'll have to see if I've Stravaed them all. Yeah. Um, if you've Stravaed them or Garmin them, um, you can do an export. Yeah. And um, good old simple spreadsheet for those of us that have been park running for longer than the uh, Running Challenges app or you know, extensions been around. We've all we've all got spreadsheets logging our park runs. We do. Yeah, we've got the <laughs> spreadsheets anyway. And look, to be honest, we still we're still keeping the, we spreadsheets, still the spreadsheets because there are extra things that aren't included. We're all nerds. Yeah. It's okay. So yeah. You can do an export and have a look. I'll report back next week about how high I've climbed since two thousand and twelve when I started park running. Yeah. And and see so so you've got the three levels at this stage, would you be open to having other mountains included? And and so what happens, It's the, the club's name is the Vert Club. The club name is the Vert Club. 
And look, I think we can have little titles. So like I are they like badges, like in running challenges, they call them badges. So once sure, you- why not? So if, if you get to the height of Kosciuszko, you can get the Streslecki badge. Ah, that's that's the first person who climbed Kosciuszko. I'm assuming he is the first person to climb Kosciuszko. Because um, I know Everest was Hillary, but I'm not so familiar with Kosciuszko. Everest, yeah. When you get to Everest, you get the Hillary badge. Because Edmund Hillary was the first person to climb up Mount Everest. I don't know what we call the base camp one. Maybe we could just call that the dodgy tourist uh, badge because, you know, there's all those stories now about people just going to base camp and not being very respectful. That's a bad idea, isn't it? I'm I'm sure there are people that are respectful that go to Everest base camp. Maybe we could could call it the bucket list uh, badge. Because base camp seems to be something that people have on their bucket list. Yeah, well, you can't get there without a Sherpa, can you? No. You can't. You're not allowed to go even to base camp without a Sherpa. Maybe it could be. You could be a Sherpa. So we, maybe it could be the Sherpa. I like that. The re- I mean, technically, I think you're not allowed to go to the top without a Sherpa, are you? I wouldn't imagine so. And so I th- I like that because let's be honest, Streslecki and Hillary also had helpers, whether they were Sherpas or you know. They weren't climbing yeah, up they're these the, mountains. They're the unknowns. Exactly. They weren't climbing up these mountains by themselves, let's be honest. No. So let's call the base camp badge the Sherpa. Okay. I'm down cool. with that. I love it. You're going you're gonna to have to write this all down, Lindor, and send it to Peter Pullman so he can add it to his spreadsheet. Yes, I because will. Because Peter Pullman's spreadsheet is <laughs> is the mother. It's, it's the Excel slash Google Sheets version of um, – Running challenges. It oh, sure well, no, is. not really. It it just has all the names, doesn't it, in Australia of what the unofficial clubs that have been given names and and entry criteria for. Yeah. Well, Lindell, thank you for straining my brain um, <laughs> with all that mass. You've. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not usually so um, mathematically inclined. Unless it comes to parkrun, like all the stats and all the different clubs and, you know, all, all that sort of fun stuff, um, it really piques my interest. And and Andy and Laura at Running Challenges, they've made some upgrades to the Running Challenges extension in recent weeks, which is very cool. You know, they've, they've added extra stuff in. So go check out the website to see what the new stuff is because it's fun and awesome. But I do love this extra stuff as well. So thank you for giving me a project to get onto for next week. So so have we done it? Is this a club now? Yeah, I reckon. Vert Club. I mean, that's, that's all you've got to do is have a name and, I mean, Nobody else might want to do it. It might just be you and me, but that's okay too. I mean, that's the whole point of unofficial clubs. You can pick and choose which ones you want to chase. It's it's all it's all about the chase. It is all about the chase. It's about the adventure, should we say? Uh, Thank you also for joining me on the podcast this week. It has been lovely to have a bit more of a light-hearted episode for a change of pace. I I hope everybody. Else is on board with that. I got a lot of nice messages about last week's episode, uh, which were very appreciated. So thank you to everyone who got in touch with me about that as well. But ultimately, Lyndall, thank you for being 
another awesome co-host and joining me this week. Thank you, Mel. Thank you for entertaining my crazy idea for a new club. Um, and thank you for the wonderful podcast that is The Pipeline Adventures. Adventures.